This is a podcast by The Straits Times. You're listening to The Straits Times Unsolved Mysteries of Southeast Asia, the ghost ship in the Straits of Malacca. It's a seafarer's worst nightmare. First, a spine-chilling SOS call from a cargo ship sailing through the most treacherous waterway in the Strait of Malacca. The vessel later found adrift, full of dead men on deck, their faces frozen in fear. And then, a sudden explosion, the wreckage sinking straight to the bottom of the sea, leaving no trace of what exactly happened to that ill-fated ship on that ill-fated day. For three quarters of a century now, the mystery of the Orang Medan ghost ship has caught the imagination of many a historian, ghostbuster, novelist, and even a video game producer, each one weaving version after version of what might have happened, and each one never knowing for sure the true story that lies behind the greatest seafaring mystery of the Strait of Malacca. Okay, so I Orang Medan has been uh, put countless, uh, in countless uh, mysteries book. But uh, the most interesting fact about the uh, case is that there are several news in the Britain and uh, America in the early 50s Uh, saying about the ship mysteriously disappearance and how all the crew and the captain and the crew member are dead in the horrified way. Yeah, I think recently there's a video game that took the story of SS Orang Medan as the background story of one of their game. And I think that's uh, one of many ways that SS Orang Medan become more and more interesting as a ghost ship stories or mystery stories. It was a bright, clear day sometime in the 1930s or 40s when a distress signal was sent out from a Dutch cargo ship sailing through the busy Strait of Malacca. All officers, including the captain, are dead, lying in the chart room and bridge. Possibly, all, crew, dead, I die. The Dutch and British listening posts that received this bizarre SOS message tracked its coordinates to the freighter, 
identified as SS Orang Medan. The first responder to that call was an American vessel, the Silver Star. Hours after the call was received, crew on board the Silver Star found the Orang Medan, adrift at sea, some 80 kilometers from where the distress signal was sent. It was eerily silent. As sailors from the Silver Star boarded the Orang Medan to check, a gruesome sight greeted their eyes. The lifeless, motionless bodies of crew members of the Orang Medan were sprawled everywhere, across the deck, on the bridge, their faces upturned in the sun, their eyes staring, bulging, wide open, their mouths agape, teeth bared, as if in fear or terror. Even the dog on the ship was dead, frozen in the same ghastly state, as if mid-growling at an assailant or at a certain horror unknown. One man's body was found, his hand outstretched, fingers still reaching out for the telegraph. Was he the sender of that distress signal? The strange thing was, there were no signs of injuries on any of the corpses. No damage was found on the ship, and yet, here was an entire crew on board a large vessel, appearing to have dropped dead. All of a sudden, expressions of shock and horror frozen on their faces. It was a sight one cannot easily forget. Not knowing what to do, the Silver Star's sailors eventually decided to tow the ship to shore for investigations but the smokestack suddenly caught fire. As the last of the sailors evacuated the vessel, there was a massive blast. Debris was strewn across the waters, and thick, dark smoke filled the air. The Orang Medan had exploded. Before the Silver Star's sailors could recover from their shock and close shave with certain death, the wreckage had sunk deep into the sea taking with it its answers to the secret behind what happened on board the cursed ship. Was it a pirate attack? A failed smuggling operation? Vengeance from the hungry ghosts of the sea? Speculative theory after theory has surfaced since the chilling incident some 70 to 80 years ago. Some researchers have attributed the incident to the possibility that the ship had been carrying hazardous chemicals as cargo. Some suggest it could have been carrying biological weapons made by the Japanese, who at that time had just lost control over Southeast Asia after the end of the Second World War. Others say carbon monoxide poisoning killed the crew. No one knows for certain. There have been multiple reports on the ship with differing details on the when, where, and how the ship was found. While most reports state June 1947, others have placed the event as early as November 1939. Some even argue that the ship never actually existed. But the German booklet, Das Totenschiffen der Südsee, which translates to Death Ship in the South Sea, sheds some light on the mystery. The booklet, published in 1954, by a certain Otto Milka, had details of the Orang Medan's route, the cargo it was carrying, and the name of its captain. 
According to the book, the Orang Medan had been carrying potassium cyanide and nitroglycerin, highly combustible substances, which were banned from sailing on rough seas. If that were true, it could explain why the ship and its voyage could not be found on official records, as well as why it exploded after attempts were made to tow it to shore. The Dutch media also documented the tragic incident. In 1948, Dutch newspaper De Lokomotief, which was published in former colony Semarang, now part of modern Indonesia, ran a series of reports on the Orang Medan. The articles were penned by a Silvio Sierli, based on information provided to him by an Italian missionary. According to the reports, the vessel had left a Chinese port, bound for Costa Rica, sometime in June 1947, taking with it illegal cargo containing sulfuric acid. But the smuggling operation did not go as planned. The cargo was mishandled. The banned substances leaked from their containers and their fumes killed the crew. The Italian missionary had learned this from a German sailor he rescued on an atoll in the Marshall Islands. The sailor was thought to have been the sole survivor in the incident who escaped in time on a lifeboat but he died shortly after due to his injuries. Admiral Bernard Kent Sondak, a former commander of the Indonesian Navy, finds the banned cargo theories highly plausible. The dead crewmen of the Orang Medan were found with their eyes wide open. It was almost certain they inhaled poisonous gases. They could have derived from the ship itself, you know, leaked gases from its cargo. It's also possible it was intentional. An external party intentionally throwing the toxic substances or gases. And normally these gases are highly combustible. So when it gets a spark of fire or mixes with the air, it exploded. Mr. Siswanto Rushdi, Executive Director of Indonesia's National Maritime Institute, agrees. The disappearance of the vessel is, can be attributed to several reasons. First, the cargo of the ships. Maybe it carries something dangerous, chemical or whatever. And then the situation, I mean weather condition when the ship sailing. And then maybe how the cargo package. I mean, whether they use a special packaging or not. So there are several reasons on the aspects of cargo. But Mr. Said Fauzan Riyadi, a lecturer at Riau Island's Raja Ali Haji Maritime University, doesn't believe so. So another thing is that at that time, the safety of the shipping standard is actually well established. So there should be some sort of standards that to, to the ship captain to handle such if the ship did really bring a dangerous goods or the maintenance of the ship in order not to have the incident of gas leaking or another type of safety standard. SS should be uh, the name of a, a quite a big ship which should already have a good safety standard at the time. Yeah, I think what become a mystery to me is why there are no further investigation, why there are no further report of the incidents, why the mystery side of the incident is more blown out 
rather than a simple safety and security of shipping uh, investigation that should be uh, some sort of protocol that already been laid in in the shipping businesses around that time so uh, why the incident stop and becoming more and more mysterious stories rather than to be able to the shipping community in the world to get some insight of what did really happen at that time to you know improve the safety and security standard of the shipping community in the world the main point uh, of my argument is that at that time the shipping incidents did happens all, all over the world and what actually follows is that there are some sort of investigations uh, maybe from the ship owner or the ship insurance company mr fauzan believes that if the incident had indeed occurred the record would have been kept in the netherlands and if the ship burned and sank after the second world war around 1947 It was likely an attack by the Indonesian independence movement against a Dutch-owned asset, an act of resistance by Indonesian guerrilla fighters against the country's former colonial master. The 1940s was a turbulent time for the region. Indonesia declared its independence in August 1945, shortly after Japan's surrender brought World War II to an end. But the Dutch were not keen to loosen their grip on their former colony. In the years that followed, they sent in troops, first to pacify and later to crush the independence movements and uprisings in the archipelago. Dutch forces razed entire villages to the ground, held mass detentions, torture sessions, and executions, often with tacit government support. Even though the war was over, people in the region continued to face tremendous suffering and pain. In that historical context, it would not have been surprising that a local independence movement would sabotage the Orang Medan, a Dutch-owned vessel. What we uh, need to understand is, is at that time, the situation from 1945 to 1950, uh, the situation surrounding the Malacca Strait and the Singapore Strait is under war because we just uh, have the Japanese invasion and then the 45 Japanese surrender. Then the Allied forces try to get control back of the British Malaya and Netherlands Indies in Indonesia. So at that time, the situation is chaotic. So what make me think about the other cause of the problem is that at the time uh, around 1947 1948 it is the time when the Indonesian independence troops or the Indonesian people fought against the what we call the second dutch uh, aggression the second dutch invasions so it is possible that the ship is being sabotaged by the uh, Indonesian guerrillas at the time this pattern of taking hostage of ship or do some damage to the civilian ship that should carry cargo for uh, resistance or for the enemies uh, are being also being employed by the Aceh uh, separatist movement back in 2003 so what we need to understand is that the sit- situation and the geographical terrain of uh, the Malacca Strait at that time is on, on one side there's a lot of mangrove forest that is really possible for a night ambush or, or sabotage or another type of uh, terrorism in, in modern sense but at that time it might be done by the Indonesian uh, independence movement to the ship 
but if we accept the fact that the SS Ora Medan is a real ship and then it did operate at the Strait of Malacca under the Dutch flag around the 1947s or 1948s, I mean that it's uh, another possibility that it become the target of the Indonesian independence movement. This argument then could further explain why there are no further investigation of the ship because uh, if the ship did exist and the ship did sunk uh, uh, after the fire took place on the boat on board and the causes is uh, at that time maybe from the attack of the Indonesian uh, independence movement so the incident become a national secret in the Dutch uh, government so it can further explain why there are no further investigation uh, of the ship could it have been pirates though the Strait of Malacca is no stranger to danger. For centuries, the 800-kilometer-long waterway stretching from the western tip of Malaysia to Indonesia's Bintan Island has drawn sailors, traders, and pirates alike, as it offers the most direct route between India and China. Today, some 100,000 vessels representing a quarter of global trade traverse the strait each year. In the first half of 2021, the Strait of Malacca was listed as one of three areas that saw the highest number of sea incidents, according to the Singapore-based Information Fusion Center, which comprises Navy liaison officers from 24 countries. Mr. Siswanto Rushdi of Indonesia's National Maritime Institute says, The Strait of Malacca is a perennially hotspot. I mean, since 1200s, 1,300 up to now. Uh, the area is totally under, uh, you know, kind of a warlord or a gangster generation. So this remains until now. I want to say that Malacca is not safe, but also there, there are important sea lanes for our, our world trade. So the situation and then the, the threat, the, the cargo volume, the cargo value crossing this is something interesting for this gangster or warlord or whatever you call it. That's why uh, we still see the rise or the, the down of piracy in the street. Dr. Eric Frecon, an adjunct fellow at the French Naval Academy, tells of his encounters with Indonesian pirates during his field research. You have two kinds of pirates, two categories of pirates. Pirates or sea rovers. Uh, you have those living in the kampung. They were born on these uh, small islands just opposite uh, Singapore. So they know the area very well. They are used to sail, to go on small boats. And uh, they are not that ambitious, they are just opportunists. And uh, if they see uh, a slow, low uh, merchant vessel uh, without too much light, so if they need money, they will consider this as a possible target and they will attack the, the, the ship. But the equipment is very poor and they are not that brave. And then you have some other pirates living in the cities, so the town pirates, uh, it's totally different because those people were not born in uh, Rio Islands. Uh, they came from far away, from uh, remote islands, initially to get a proper job because, you know, this uh, special economic zone, growth triangle, etc. But sometimes it took such a long time to get a proper job. And sometimes Godfather was looking for a, a crew to hijack 
the ship and then they were kind of uh, volunteered and then after what happened they, they gathered I mean uh, met in a small uh, cheap hotel in Batam waiting for the money from the godfather and then to go to the sea and uh, attack uh, the ship those pirates were more ambitious uh, stealing the, the cargo to to sell it again but the main Cases, incidents come from those from the small islands because it's petty thieves uh, basically sea mugging against a lot of uh, ship uh, crossing the Malacca and Singapore Straits. So what happened to Orang Medan? Poisonous fumes? Pirates? Patriotic freedom fighters? We may never know the answer, but the mystery underlines an important fact. The danger of the Strait of Malacca that persists today. Over the years, as shipping companies and governments put in considerable effort to improve safety and protect the waterways from piracy, fewer deaths have been reported among seafarers who plight the Malacca Strait. Still, it remains vulnerable to extreme weather conditions, maritime accidents, or even geopolitical conflict. This episode of The Straits Times Unsolved Mysteries of Southeast Asia, The Ghost Ship in the Strait of Malacca, is produced by Linda Ulisman, Magdalene Fang, Janing Tan, and Tio Tongkai. Check out the full story in the podcast description, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast channel on your favorite audio apps, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, for the next episode of Unsolved Mysteries. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.